Trigger warning. Trigger warning. If you do find this not helpful at the moment, don't feel like you have There's to There's any keep... pressure to listen yeah. whatsoever. Know that Georgia and I care about you and that we love you and that we want what's best for you. Yeah. And this podcast is not aiding you in your recovery and your mental state and how your day is going. Please do not feel any pressure or need to listen to it. Yeah, just take care of yourself. Just take care of yourself. Also, Georgia and I are not professionals at all no. when it comes to like we're, We don't have degrees in this. No, we're not. We not. No, <laughs> no, we are just two girls who are recovering from eating disorders themselves, wanting to share our stories and shed some light on some topics that may be harder to talk about. There will also be many resources in our description box. So if there's any point during this episode, any point at all that you feel like that you need that little bit of extra support, no, there's no judgment. There's nothing wrong with you needing that and that feel free to use them and that we support you and that we are so proud of you. Yes. Yeah. Picture me this. I'm here. We eat the fucking food. We eat the fucking food. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to another episode of We Eat the Fucking Food. It's Lauren. It's going to be another solo episode this week. I hope that this lovely Friday is going splendidly for you and that your weekend is kicking off to a good start and that your week is wrapping up nicely. Um, right now it's currently Monday when I'm recording this, so I have no clue what the rest of the week is going to look like for me, but it's starting off on a really good note, which is nice. I went on a really long walk today and I was listening to some podcasts and I was like, I should record an episode of the podcast. Thus, I'm recording an episode of the podcast. Sorry about no episode last week. I have no other excuse other than I was kind of busy, but right now I am sitting down recording this episode, which I'm excited to be doing. So let's catch up a little bit, shall we? Uh, A high of my week thus far, or I have my last week basically. Um, I, okay, I'm really excited to say this. I'm a little bit nervous. I'm not nervous, but it feels almost still like a little bit too good to be true. But I was offered an internship at a casting company in Chicago. And if you know me, You know how for the past year, ever since I really realized that I wanted to take this turn out of performing and being an actor and try to move into the side of casting, that this has been a huge goal of mine and to be actually doing it is kind of surreal. I applied for this internship in the beginning of January and then I applied again when I got here back to the city and I just heard back and I had an interview two Fridays ago, and then a week from then, this past Friday, I got the offer. I'm going to get it to be there for three months. I am so excited to learn so much and to be in the room. I'm ecstatic. Um, Ecstatic, not ecstatic. (laughs) Words. It's not even like five minutes into the episode. I'm already mispronouncing things. That's a great start. Anyway, um, I'm super excited. And my goal since realizing that my relationship with theater was rooted in some really unhealthy reasons for me wanting to be on the stage and performing and having taken a step back, but knowing that I still have this love for the theater community and this love for musical theater and talking about it and having this insane amount of knowledge for it. I mean, I literally went to school. I'm a theater major, so I have an education about it. But knowing that I didn't want the career path that I thought I wanted within the field, 
and realizing that I have this extreme passion for advocating and bringing awareness to mental illness, specifically with eating disorders, I want to combine the two to hopefully become a casting director with an emphasis in body representation and diversity in the Chicagoland area stages and greater. And this internship, I feel like is the first step in me getting to do that. And I am so excited. I'm also excited just because I'm a person that thrives in structure and a person that thrives in like having a schedule and that security. And I feel like ever since moving here, I obviously haven't really had that because I didn't or don't have a job. I worked one night a week at the Fine Arts Building, which I'm still going to do. And I love working at that theater. But to now feel like I'm filling out my schedule with these activities that I, activities, I'm saying this internship is an activity or this like job that I'm excited about and feel energetic and some sort of even like fulfillment just by getting this offer makes me so excited for this year in Chicago. I was having an extreme amount of anxiety when it came to what I was going to do career path wise, because a part of me felt that it would make sense for me to throw myself into a career in maybe marketing or sales or event coordination or like communication or PR, like something that had, I had some sort of skill for. So I literally was on LinkedIn like every single day, just submitting myself for whatever I possibly could or seemed that I would be like partially qualified for to do or not do that and kind of just hope that this internship, one of the ones I submitted for, would accept me or that I were to book something as an actor because that is what I want to do. That's where my passions lie. But also that is so, the security within that field is just like not there. So that's extremely like nerve wracking for me. And to not feel like I'm in control of that, as we all know, control is one of my biggest triggers and biggest reasons for my behaviors to want to come back and for the urges to begin again. So this past month has been really hard, not only in just adulting life and figuring that out and finding the security within that, but also not reverting back to those old behaviors and those old urges, because knowing that if and when I got to a point where I would either be beginning a career in marketing or starting that chapter of my life, or were to be getting offers for internships or going into casting, I wanted to still be able to not digress back into that or not have been digressing and be back in that place where I was needing to take time away to focus on my recovery and on my mental illness and bettering myself to a place where I could focus on my career and focus on growing up and focus on moving forward and past this chapter of my life. So I'm really happy that I got this internship. I also started a new job working at a high-end salon downtown, which I'm excited for as well, because if you know me, you know that I've had literally every single haircut and color that you possibly could. So we'll see if I turn out to be blonde within the next month. I kind of want to go back to be, being blonde, but that's beside the point of this. Um, my low of the week would have to be that, I don't know if anybody remembers, but I did talk about how I got my phone screen fixed because I dropped it and it broke. I dropped it again and it broke again. 
it's my fault because I didn't get a new case, but now my screen is shattered. And this is the thing that makes me upset is the fact that one, it was less than a month, less than a month ago that I got this phone screen fixed. Two, it happened after I went out, like a night of going out on the town and I got back pretty late slash early in the morning. And that's when I dropped my phone. I dropped my phone when I got home and not when I was out or not when I was doing anything, when I was back in my house. I was like, you're kidding me. But I reframed, reframed that thought by saying, if the worst thing that happened to me this whole entire week was that my phone screen is broken again a little bit, then I will live. Does it cost me some sort of discomfort and anxiety seeing the cracks in the phone? Yes. Is it overall manageable? Yes. Am I safe and okay? Yes. That the worst thing that could have happened to me on a night out? No. So is it okay that it happened? Yes. Frustrating, annoying? Yes. Disappointed in myself? A little bit. But it's fine. It's whatever. I'm a little bit upset about it, but it's whatever. Anyway, um, the thing that went well in my recovery this week would probably be my, I think because of the fact that I'm feeling more secure in my life <laughs> and being an adult, that I feel more secure in feeling myself. I feel like I've really been trying hard to listen to myself and listen to my body and be mindful of the variety of foods that I'm eating and include those fear foods and have well-balanced meals and three times a day and do that even through my crazy, my schedule isn't even crazy right now. But like, for example, when I got back, I got back on Sunday at 5 a.m. and I was hungry, so I ate. And then I slept until noon. And then I woke up and I was hungry. And that was when like my day started. But I know in the and so I ate those three three meals and some snacks throughout the day. Yesterday, despite the fact that I had also feel myself after a night out dancing and having fun. Side fact, I'm also really into house music right now and like EDM stuff. I just like to dance when I'm drinking and that scene is so fun. Anyways, that was beside the point. But knowing in the past that I would have used that night out as the reason for using behaviors or felt the need to extremely compensate for going out and having fun and enjoying my early 20s in this amazing city that I am in love with. Why would I punish myself for that? I realized that and I didn't and I feel myself. So that's what went well recovery for me this week. So the topic for today's episode, it's, I can, I've tried to record this portion of the episode like twice, but I just find myself getting really, really rambly. So I'm sorry because it is kind of rambly because it is just my thoughts. And the thoughts are about how fake I have been in the past. And it's kind of weird and hard for me to talk about because I never want to be dishonest with y'all about my recovery and about how I'm doing because that's like the point of this podcast is really trying to promote vulnerability within one's mental health struggles and recovery specifically from eating disorders you know what the podcast is about don't know why I just felt the need to define it but I can definitely say that there have been so many times that I've either underplayed or I have been in a complete denial of the reality of my situations. And I wanna talk about that specifically with my social media, specifically with Instagram. I posted this photo of 
my weekend yesterday and I received so many amazing feedbacks and comments from friends being like, you're thriving, you're glowing, you look so happy right now, like generally, like your posts are happy. And I, that means the absolute world to me. And I love that. But it really got me thinking about my posts in the past and how if you are just to look at my Instagram throughout my recovery, it seems like I'm having a happy and fun time, specifically sometimes in photos directly posted with food. But in reality, a lot of the posts I feel like from that era of my life, again, I'm not like saying I'm at a place where I consider myself to be recovered and like fully away from an eating disorder. I think I'm the farthest away that I've been ever. But I would, I like, I like in my head, I classify it from my start of college to graduating. Like my college years are when I suffered the most from my eating disorder. And moving to the city and now having these new opportunities, I really feel like I'm starting this new chapter. So in that chapter of my life, looking back at the photos, I had so many ups and downs in my recoveries from relapsing to lapses to recovering to not. But behind so many photos, there are stories that completely tell different stories than the photo itself tells. I mean, we all are so aware that social media is a highlight reel. You're going to show the best parts about yourself. But I was showing the best parts about myself in the worst times. And com- like, I feel like it was just, I was so fake. I was lying. I was genuinely lying. So I'm going to talk about a handful of Instagram posts from those times. Also, if you want to follow along with me while I look at the photos, I'm going to post like the screenshots of them on the We Eat the Fucking Food account. If you're not following that Instagram page, here's a little plug. Uh, that We Eat the Fucking Food on Instagram. Post some nice recovery content on there and some thoughts that don't get shared all the time in the podcast. Keep yourself updated. You don't even have to follow it. If you just want to go follow along and look at the photos that I'm talking about, that's where they're going to be. I also want to say a trigger warning that in these photos... Obviously, they're from all the different times of my recovery. I specifically did choose the ones that did not emphasize or really show my sick body. But I am malnourished and not at my restored weight in some of them. And I just wanted to put that out there before you go and choose to engage with that content if that's where you're at. Again, I... They're nothing that's like deliberately showing a sick body. They're just photos of me when I was sick. All right. I think I'm ready to dive into my Instagram. Okay. So the first photo I'm going to talk about, this is in really no order specifically, but we're going to talk about a photo from Christmas of 2019, which is right at the start of when my behaviors began. It's a photo of my sister and I in front of a Christmas tree in Chicago because at the time my family came to visit me because I was performing in Chicago, in Chicago, duh, at Chicago Shakes in the production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. And during the performances, we only had a couple days off for Christmas. So my family decided to come visit me instead of me going to visit them, which I'm grateful for. But this was on Christmas Eve and <laughs> 
the caption I'm re- just reading it says, taken before the Xmas disaster in Italy of 2018. Oh my gosh, it was 2018, not even 2019. Wow, I lied about that. Um, but to make a long story short, Italian food is one of my fear foods. It's one of my bitch foods. And it's one of my mom's favorite foods. And at this time, my family really didn't know that I was struggling with an eating disorder or disordered eating. I wasn't actually clinically diagnosed until January of 2019. So this was like right before I was diagnosed. Um, and during this time that my family was here, at food I was like really, really in the beginning of it and food was becoming hard for me and my eating disorder was becoming very like rigid about what I could eat and what would be okay. And that night, I just remember the only thing that felt safe for me to eat would be a veggie burger. Italy does not have veggie burgers. For those who do not know what Italy is, it's like an Italian grocery store slash like restaurant. And I was like, there's no way I'm eating pasta. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be eating this pasta. I don't want the pasta. I don't like pasta. So we get to Italy and I knew. I like, I was like, I can't do this. I don't want to be here type of thing. And my mom was getting upset because my sister and I both couldn't find anything we wanted to eat because I just wasn't going to eat it. My sister just wasn't in the mood or something. Um, so my mom got pissed and then my dad got pissed at us for making my mom pissed. So then we all scattered. We all started, my mom was like walking the streets of Chicago. My dad just like left and walked away. He was walking around Italy. Me and my sister were like, put the actual F. But we ended up eating at a bar and I ended up getting to get my veggie burger. So it was like a win for the eating disorder, but like my family didn't even know that it was, that they were helping me engage in my behaviors because from the outside, I was showing this smiling girl that's in this photo. It would just seem like I was being a little bit angsty, maybe in a bad mood or like very like specific about just like what I wanted. When in reality, behind that person, there were so many thoughts, so many different rules that were being formed, honestly, that ended up sticking with me for the past five years. But you would never be able to tell. You would never know because I was making sure that I was still being perceived as this person who had it together, who was in her first professional show, whose career was really taking off, honestly. That's not the truth. Obviously, I'm sitting here five years later after being in treatment, in and out of treatment, multiple times. All right, next photo. We're going to go to a photo of me and a bunch of my girlies when we were in Spring Awakening. I know I've talked about Spring Awakening before, but I think this photo is just like another... It's another great example of me really lying to everybody about how I was doing and the person I wanted to be perceived as. But, I mean, we're literally like laughing, huge smiles. It looks like I'm like grinning ear to ear because I am and I was. And again, I love this experience. But in reality, that tech week was so not fun for me. Not fun at all. I remember I would like wake up so early in the morning. Anytime we had a break, I would go back to my like my dorm room by myself. I like forced myself to go to the gym after we'd finish our like 10 to 10 rehearsal days because I was just in the literal like depths of the eating disorder. And at this time too, I was not nearly as vocal and as vulnerable as I am to this level on social media and with my peers. So majority of the people in the cast, or handful at least, were not aware of what was going on in my life and like the severity of it. And I just remember there was one comment from someone who's in the cast and I, I'm not speaking ill about this person at all. And 
honestly, it was with nothing but like mal like nothing, no malintention with her saying this. But we were changing, obviously, in the dressing room, and we'd be wearing these bloomers that you can kind of see in the photo. And I just remember she looked at me. She's like, "Oh my god, you are skinny! Like you are tiny." And I remember getting so upset. And at the time, I was like, I'm upset because I'm triggered. I'm upset because who would ever comment on somebody's body? Well, fair enough. Yeah, you don't want to comment on anybody's body, and that can be triggering. But I was more upset that I wasn't getting praise for the fact that I looked this way. That I wasn't being seen as, like, I don't know, idealistic. Because, again, that's what was really rooted in my disorder. A part of it was the idea of wanting to be wanted by others and wanting to be idolized and have a life that seemed perfect and be this person that seemed was like somebody that I wanted to be jealous of, which sounds so gross when I say it. And I'm fully aware of this. like, I'm not proud of it, but it is like a part of who I am. And I'm not proud of the fact that I, for such a long time, really was this person who was like dishonest with myself, but I was, again, I was mentally ill. So it's like, mm. but anywho, that that comment just like really, really stuck with me. And I think that that was the first time that I felt almost insecure in my disorder and that that, I don't know, control and pride I almost felt in the beginning with my eating disorder about my discipline and about a lot of the very surface level aspects to eating disorders. And that was the first time I didn't feel it. Didn't feel that pride. But again, look at the photo. I look like I'm having the time of my life. Again, it was a great time. I love Spring Awakening. I love that cast. I love that production. One of my favorite productions I've ever been in. But still, this persona that I was trying to portray was not actually the reality of who I was and where I was at. So the next picture we're going to go to is one of me outside of a white garage, smiling. My hair is so blonde in it. My roots are so bad in it. But honestly, I do miss that hair, and that's a part of the reason why I'm excited to work at the hair salon, too, because I do want to go back to being blonde, beside the point. Anyway, this photo was posted on my very first day of treatment, so right after my first day of PHP. And this photo was not taken that day. It was taken probably, I think, like two or three days before I went to PHP. And I remember that day being so mad had everyone there because for dinner I had to eat I didn't have okay well that my option this was my option this is what I was given I was given a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and I was like are you effing kidding me I'm coming to this place to heal my relationship with food and what you're choosing to feed me for dinner is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich I'm like that's bogus that's not gonna heal my relationship with food like where are the vegetables where are the where's like the proteins, where are blah, 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 type of vibe. And I was so pissed. I was so mad. I was like, I'm never going back there. I was like, they're not trying to help me. They're trying to hurt me. They know nothing about me. I'm not even that sick. I was that sick. But I was, again, still in this extreme denial. I went to PHP with the intent of only becoming a functioning anorexic. Spoiler alert to that, there's no possible way to be a functioning anorexic. That's just somebody who is suffering from anorexia. But I remember posting this photo and I wrote, thoughts would be appreciated because I was looking for that much validation in anything and just like 
looking for that outside validation for myself because of how shitty that day was and because I was not happy. But in this photo, she is happy. She looks like she is thriving. She looks like she has no cares in the world and it's just like, oh, here I am by this garage wall. Nope, nope, nope. All right. Now we head to our next photo, which is going to be one of myself and my two besties for the resties, Lauren and Sedona, who have been on the podcast. If you've not listened to that episode, that was recorded, I think, a year ago, maybe a little bit over a year ago at this point. But it's so interesting. I got to talk with them about their perspective of having a best friend who suffered from an eating disorder and how that experience changed their relationships with food and their bodies as well. Go listen to that if you've not listened. But this photo, again, looks very happy. Beautiful background. We were at my lake. We planned this weekend for such a long time. And I know I've talked about this weekend before. But this weekend for me, yes, it was fun. I love spending time with both of them no matter what. But... I was so narrow-minded, really, was only focused about myself and the food that I'd be eating on this little mini vacation. For example, the example is, and this is one of the biggest things that has fueled me in my recovery, was the fact that for dinner that night, we were, they were going to get pizza. Like, we were going to Italian restaurant to get pizza. And I didn't participate. We had the pizza, we brought it back, and we sat on my boat, and I just sat there, and I didn't eat the pizza. I later reheated my leftover Chinese, like, vegetables, stir-fried vegetables and tofu, but I refused to eat the pizza and to have that moment with my friends on my lake, eating outside on the boat, laughing, having a good time, because of the fact that I was so terrified of that food and of what that food meant to me. Obviously, again, it's not about the food. The food represented much more than just being a slice of pizza. But I was so terrified. I just like allowed myself to sit out of that moment and to not be fully there. And that's what I'm talking about when it comes to full moments is that I was there. Sure, I can say that that weekend was amazing and a fun time. And yes, I was happy in this photo. Like you can see I was happy. I'm not saying I wasn't happy, but there's another part of me that was miserable, that was alone, even though I was with two of the people I'm closest with in my life and sad and scared. And that really fueled me to recover, remembering that memory, because I was like, I want to fully be able to be there for those nights with pizza. I want to fully want to be able to be there for those nights dancing at the bar with my friends. I want to fully be there for the brunches the day after going out and not let the fact that I went out that night affect how I feel myself the next day. Well, that was kind of like a cute little, like, happy motivational story from this. But yeah, like I was saying, still, behind the photo of that smiling girl, there was so much more, so much more going on. The next photo is going to be of, okay, this photo is from, it's me singing in a car, I'm getting very big. This photo is from after I went to res. And this and at the time, like, I do acknowledge that I feel like that when I went to res was the start of my real recovery and when I was actually wanting to recover and felt that I could do it. But I was still in such a denial. This photo, had I started the podcast? No. No, I hadn't started the podcast. Okay, anyway, sorry. <laughs> but that I was still in the denial of wanting to exist in my recovered body 
and my restored weight. And still in denial, like, that wasn't me. That's not the body I was meant to live in. And this weekend, this was the weekend I went up to lacrosse because one of my best friends from high school went to college there. And for those of you who are not aware of lacrosse, lacrosse is a fun drinking town. You go to lacrosse and have fun weekends like that. Um, But I, at the time, still had an extremely unhealthy, and I'm still trying to fix my relationship when it comes to substances. But I viewed alcohol as something that I either A, used to allow me to eat foods that my eating disorder wouldn't, and as kind of like a gateway key into, I don't know, I feel like my mindset when I drank alcohol, like it maybe numbed out the thoughts that the eating disorder was so heavily pounding me with and like telling me so I would allow myself to eat whatever I wanted and that often times resulted in me feeling that I had binged when in reality I never really suffered or experienced that sort of a binge but my eating disorder convinced me that any time that I was out of control because of substances that I wouldn't be met the next day with an extreme guilt for anything that I would have consumed other than said substances. So, my disorder also viewed it as B, a replacement for actual, like, food and fuel. Because, I'm saying this, liquid calories from, like, coffee or drinks or alcohol do not replace a meal and do not replace food. But I was so terrified of going above a certain amount of caloric intake per day that that replaced it for me. So it was either one or the other. And I remember this weekend, I was so nervous because I knew we were going on Friday night. And Friday night, we went out. And then on Saturday, we would also be participating in drinking activities. Mind you, again, I'm 22 in this. So like... It's just legal. Like, this is something that is normal for people my age to do. But I was terrified of the idea of engaging in or, like, partaking in alcohol and these substances and allowing myself to be present in those moments because of the fear of it leading to me losing control. So... I remember that on Friday night, like I said, we went out. And then that next day on Saturday, the only food that my eating disorder, this is a very common trend, that my eating disorder picked safe foods for the days and that I would only feel safe and not anxious about eating those foods. And the food that day was eggs, specifically scrambled eggs. It was the only thing that I was like wanting. And I don't know if you know this, but you can't really buy just scrambled eggs at a takeout place if you want to get food or just like a dinner restaurant or like a lunch one. So I had to cook the eggs myself. And everybody else, like I remember we went to, I remember we went to Quick Trip because we were stopping from, we went to brunch earlier that day. And then we went out to like a bar and then we we're going to go back to one of our friend's houses and kind of like relax and mellow down before going back out that night. And 
I remember we went to Quick Trip before we went to the house to get some like snacks and food. And at that Quick Trip, I was like, I can't find anything. I was like, there's nothing I want to eat here. There's nothing that I like can eat here because at the time I was like, oh, I'm, um, I can't eat dairy. I think I'm lactose intolerant. It hurts my stomach. And like, I'm like, I'm also like a pescatarian, so I don't eat meat. So there really wasn't many options for me at the gas station that would have felt safe. So when we got back to her house, I made myself scrambled eggs. While everybody else like enjoyed their like cheese mozzarella sticks from Quick Trip with Aunt, which honestly right now I'm thinking about it sounds really freaking good. But I, again, took myself out of the moment with my friends and let my eating disorder be my bestie for the day. Instead of spending time with these friends who I didn't really get to see very often. And instead of engaging in those like full moments. And mind you, again, this photo was taken after I went to res. So it's not like I, boom, was like magically fixed. And this is what I'm talking about where it feels bad because I was like lying. Because at this time, this is also when I feel like I was trying to, not trying to, but when I started to be more vulnerable online about my disorder. And I became more passionate about talking about it and I didn't feel as much shame when it came to acknowledging the fact that I had an eating disorder the caption literally is trying to unlock this new level of happiness yeah because I couldn't unlock the new level of happiness because I was still engaging in eating disorder behaviors Mm, poor little naive Lauren again I'm saying this as little as like literally like a year and a half ago but I looked so happy. And again, yeah, the weekend was happy. It was great to see my friends and it was like a fun time. But also I was anxious that whole entire time. And I just can't remember how excited I was to get home and be able to eat like broccoli. Mind you, I still love broccoli. Broccoli is my favorite foods, but it's not my favorite food. And it's the only thing I feel like I'm allowed to eat. But yes. All right. So that's the truth behind that photo. The next photo is going to be a photo of... Sedona and I in Cleveland. Oh, this is one of my favorite stories to tell. Or the Cleveland story. I'm not going to tell it right now because it's kind of long, but it's really, really funny. It was during a time in my life where I was quite chaotic and I was like, I'm living for the plot. Everything I'm doing is for the plot. This photo, I can confirm, was after I started the podcast. So, surprise, I I faked it then. Um, This day... We had just, we drove five hours from Chicago to Cleveland to make it to this movie premiere of this dude that we had met the week before when I went there for, um, like, movie callback. And Sedona came with me because there's nothing else really to do. The pandemic was still kind of happening and everything was remote. Um, and she could. So we went back that next week for this, like, really nice, like, red carpet gala movie premiere. And one, I am never good with traveling. Traveling always triggers some sort of behavior for me because of the lack of schedule. Two, we are driving all day in the car, so it's not like I really had the ability to make scrambled eggs or like any of my quote-unquote safe foods at the time, except for rice cakes and peanut butter. (laughs) And the story that makes me giggle the most about this night was that... We, the whole entire car ride, mainly, there's some photos and videos, like, of what we ate. It was, like, a lot of rice cakes and peanut butter. 
because that was the only thing I felt safe eating at the time. And after the movie, they were the dude that was hosting it. Let me mind you. Okay, so we there are two dudes. There's um a dude that I had met at the time on Hinge and was like, oh, like shows around the city because Donna and I didn't know anybody in Cleveland. Wasn't a serial killer or anything, but. We met him and he brought his friend because it was like, oh, double date type of thing. I didn't want to go alone. Um, his friend is the friend's house who was having this, his movie premiere. So he, like, his family catered it. And afterwards, there were a bunch of snacks. And the other guy whose house, who it wasn't, who was his, like, the friend that I had met, <laughs> knew about my eating disorder and was like, oh, can you, like, will you eat this, like, pizookie for me? And I was like, yeah, no, I'll eat it. Like, I'm not scared of eating it. It's like, yeah, I'll do it. It's fine. Like, I'm in recovery type of thing. And I took, like, one bite of it. And then he ended up eating the rest of it. But then Sedona yelled out, eating disorder says no, rice cakes only. And I thought it was so funny at the time. But, like, looking back, it's so sad and so true. And Sedona and I had this conversation the other week because she, like I said, she stayed with me that week. And we went to Chinatown and went out to dinner with her dad and we got ice cream after. And it was so good. It was like matcha soft serve and a lavender cone. My God, was it fantastic. But we were walking back and I finished my cone and I was like, all done. And we were walking and I was like feeling proud. And I turned to her and I was like, oh God, thank God I don't have an eating disorder anymore, right? And she was like, honestly, I was thinking the same thing, but I didn't want to say it. She's like, I'm so happy that like we can go out and get ice cream now. And it just made me think back to that night. And how thankful I am for my friends who have stuck with me throughout my disorder, throughout my ups and downs of recovery, throughout my moments when I was in recovery, but still fully engaging in behaviors and still supporting me and not degrading me because of that, or really even like calling me out. Not that I didn't want them to call me out, but for really just like understanding and showing compassion to me in those moments and allowing me to take this journey because it led to me having so much gratitude where I am now for those relationships that I do have who have supported me from day one of my eating disorder. But like back to the photo, here we go. Yeah, I was completely anxious the whole entire day. I was so hyper-focused about the fact that I was like, we're going to this red carpet gala event. We need to like, I need to look pretty. So of course that came with me engaging in behaviors. But in the photo, we look like we're beautiful in these ball gowns. And yeah, so that's the story behind that story. Not the full Cleveland, Ohio story, but if you know me, ask me and I'll tell you it because I think it's so funny. Um, the next photo I'm going to show is a photo of my sister and I in Boston. We were there for my um, Nana's memorial service, which like wasn't that happy of a time, but I love Boston. I love going to Massachusetts to visit my family out there. And this vacation, I feel like it was the start again of me. I had just become actually like more aware of the fact that my restored weight was dropping. Um, my family and my therapist at the time were becoming more concerned about my behaviors and more concerned about how my behaviors were not mimicking the words that were coming out of my mouth. And my dad specifically kind of was becoming more, not, I want to say more like controlling, but just like aware, specifically my dad and more vocal about it. That's what it is. He was becoming more vocal about my behaviors. 
And the big thing of this trip was the Starbucks. Um, because we were staying in a hotel, we didn't, we ate out for most of our meals or like they were catered or like type of vibe. And our breakfast was Starbucks. And my order at Starbucks at the time was four shots of blonde espresso with a little bit of oat milk in it, one pump of white mocha, and then a peppermint milk cold foam on top of it. Very specific. It was really good. And I still would get it again, but it was 100% disordered. But, and then the food would be the egg bites. And my dad was so mad at me for eating the egg bites because, I mean, obviously Starbucks shows all the calories and you can put two and two together about why I did choose the egg bites. But that was like, it was consciously, but I was trying to convince myself that it was subconsciously that I was making that decision. I was like, no, I just really like the egg bites. No, that's what I like would want to eat. No, it's because I was fully aware that that would be my lowest caloric option at the Starbucks. So my dad would get really mad and he was like, you're not allowed to order those anymore. And I was like, um, I was like, why? I was like, I can have preference in my disorder. I know what I want. Like I'm in recovery. Like I'm becoming recovered. Like when am I going to get to have this preference again? And me and him would bicker, bicker, bicker. And then that night, too, that was of my Nana's memorial service. I had my first time where I felt very, very extremely uncomfortable with my food or, like, mimicked my... And this is when I think I realized, too, that I was like, oh, I guess it's kind of getting bad again. Is it was mimicking my relationship that I had with alcohol the previous summer of the option A of using it as a key to allowing me to eat whatever I wanted and I just remember feeling a loss of control around the food that we were having that night and so much shame around it too I was like I need to leave I feel I can't be present I I like had such an issue with any time after I ate and this still kind of happens and I still struggle with it specifically at night but anytime after I eat at night I feel like I need to immediately be like done for the day like and that doing activities post that especially post after eating a larger meal is hard for me to do and that became very apparent on this trip because that's what happened I was like I need to go home and my family or back to the hotel my family still like stayed there and like had a good time catching up with my relatives whereas I was like fully in this mindset of like okay that's what happened today how are we going to change tomorrow tomorrow we still have to have time with our family and it's still going to be around food again because we're having like another like family gathering this is how I'm going to not eat as much as I did today and feel more in control about the food. And my brain was just going and going and gearing and gearing. And that's all I could think about the next day too was the fact of like whatever my behaviors were the night before. The photo of me is me and my sister smiling at a beach. You'd have no clue. People like, and again, this is when I was actively in my mind recovering. And again, I think that I was, a part of me was recovering, but there was still a part of me that was in this, such a denial that I just couldn't see my behaviors for what they were, or I didn't want to see my behaviors for what they were because I had all the knowledge and I had more of like an education and awareness. And at this time, again, I was building up a persona as someone who was recovering or was recovered from an eating disorder. At the same time, I also still wanted to be that person that 
I in my mind and that my ED's mind envied and was jealous of and wanted that life of. And that brings us to the final photo of this conversation and the thing that honestly also sparked this question and this want to talk about this today. And this is a photo of my last night in Madison before I went back to college this past year. And in this photo, it was a really good night. My feet hurt. Honestly, there wasn't much that I can remember that was really like disordered about this night or had to do with my eating disorder specifically, other than the fact that I was laying in bed yesterday and I have a photo from this night. It's like the next video on the actual post of me and two friends. And I was looking at it in bed yesterday as I was watching How to Get Away with Murder, which is the only thing I did yesterday was watch How to Get Away with Murder. But I was looking at it and I was thinking to myself, who the fuck is this girl? Like genuinely, who is she? Because I have no clue who this person is. That's not me. I don't know who I was trying to be. I don't know who I thought like, I, I just, I was like literally staring at it and I was like, what was I doing? Because it, it, that photo doesn't look like me. And there are some photos that like I'll look at from like when I was like a freshman in college and I'll be like, oh my God, I don't recognize her just because it's like, that was like so long ago. But like, I'm like, that still is me type of thing. But like when I look at myself in this photo specifically and during this like era of my life or this chapter of said chapter of recovery or the past five years, I'm like, I don't understand what I was doing. I feel like I was very, very lost within my disorder and within who I wanted to be, even within my recovery, that I was trying so hard to be, again, that person that I thought my eating disorder would make me be. And this person that isn't me. Like, the values that this person has or had are not the values that, like, Lauren has, that I have myself. And it can be really hard to, like, look back at these photos and to confront the fact and the shame or the embarrassment or the partial guilt I have in the fact that I was really portraying this person I wasn't. And it's the only reason I think I feel like I'm able to admit to that and like acknowledge that now is because I am becoming the person. Like I finally feel like I'm like remembering who I am and feeling like myself and I'm happy that that's happening. But I just felt like I really, really needed to, I don't know, call myself out for my bullshit because I think I also preach so much about being honest. And my sisters called me out for it a couple times too. And trust me, I'm, I mean, I'm not expecting myself to post about all of, like the terrible things that have happened to me in the day or post about, I don't know, like sad things all the time because that would be not true either. Because happy things do happen in my life. I'm a happy person right now. I'm living in my favorite city. I just got my dream like job. I have great friends. But yeah, I guess I at the end of the day, I just wanted to acknowledge the fact that I have definitely abused social media and abused the fact that I claim to be a vulnerable person. 
and an honest person and allowed that to fuel my disorder and the secrecy within it because people did believe me. When in reality, again, I'm not, and this is hard because I think at the time it was a kind of subconscious thing that I was doing. But now that I'm like away from it, I can see the reality of what the situation was. And it really just was my eating disorder coming back into my life and me pretending like it wasn't. Okay. Um, that's it. Those are all the photos I'm going to talk about. Maybe at some point I'll do it again if I, if this episode is like cool and people like it or something. But, and again, um, there's nothing wrong with posting photos of you happy and acknowledging, I mean, that social media is a highlight reel. You're going to see the best of people. But I challenge you, I challenge myself to not live life for social media and like in order to be perceived a certain way because I know that when I posted a lot of these photos I was like this is going to make me out to be the person who I am envious of and desiring to be and not the person that I actually was because of the pressure that I put on myself to be perceived that way okay uh, thing I'm going to do to take care of myself today and for the rest of the week is I'm going to hang out with some friends this week. I'm excited about that. I always love seeing friends. Uh, I think I'm really going to, again, continue to try to focus on filling my body in ways that feel good, allowing myself to have a variety of food. And also when it comes to movement, I don't know. I just really, really, really want to feel powerful right now and set myself up with the best structure and schedule that I can with my life changing and everything that's about to start and happen and I am excited and I'm proud and like always I'm proud of you and thank you for listening to this rambly ranty episode of me breaking down my Instagram photos but I appreciate you and I appreciate you for choosing to listen and thank you for sitting down and eating the fucking food again with me and we'll see you next week I love you